Today, we stand unified with the Standing Rock Sioux. We stand with the people of Seneca Lake. We stand with our neighbors against Mariner East too. Their land is our land. There, is, there are no boundaries. And that's what this is about tonight. People from all across the country and all across the world are joining hands and supporting them. Only when the last tree is cut, the last fish is caught, the last river is poisoned, we will then realize that money cannot be eaten. Standing Rock Sioux brothers and sisters, you inspire us with your courage, and we stand with you. On Tuesday evening, September 13th, people all across the country stood in solidarity with the Standing Rock Sioux, who continue their fight against the pipeline, a tenacious corporation, and... State police. Vigils took place in New York, San Francisco, Denver, Louisiana, Oklahoma. I joined a small group of demonstrators at Penn Square in downtown Lancaster who were doing the same, connecting their now nearly three-year-long fight to that of those in North Dakota, as well as other local pipeline protests in Lebanon County and, and even others. While there, I spoke with several people, including Tim Spies, Lynn Miller, Daniel Martin, and Wade McFarland. Lynn serves as Dale Hamby's campaign manager in the upcoming state representative race from District 100. The speakers you heard at the top were Melinda Clatterbuck, Tim Spies, and Gene Whistler. There was a drum circle headed up by Gene Whistler of the American Indian Movement of Lancaster. The next voice you'll hear belongs to 15-year-old Elena Clatterbuck, who took a trip to North Dakota with her father. It was September 3rd, the Saturday. I was there at the confrontation between the, build, the construction workers and the uh, protectors there. Uh, we had gone up into the hill to pray, and the company must have known we were there. They started construction while we were there. And uh, had the second we got like up to there was this fence dividing where they were doing construction where we were, and we eventually there were like 400 of us maybe we pushed over the fence and got over to the other side, and the second we like set foot on the ground they called like two or three pickup trucks over and they had attack dogs there just waiting for us and they were holding fire extinguishers and mace, and it was just the extent that companies are willing to go to create profit completely like completely disregarding people's lives and like the people are just there to protect the water and they were all peaceful they would hold their hands up as they walked toward the bulldozers and we eventually chased the bulldozers away but many got bit and maced and it was inspiring but also frightening to be on the front lines of that but i think it was really something important that to bring back to lancaster county this sort of knowing that like we're not the only ones uh, we're here this evening because the, uh, the folks uh, out in North Dakota had asked that we all, uh, people across the country and across the world, have a, a day of solidarity on Tuesday the 13th to support what's going on in North Dakota. And uh, as far as the, the latest update, I just told uh, the reporter here for State Impact that right now as we speak, there are press being arrested in North Dakota. Now, they may not be in NBC and ABC, but they're press. People that are there to... Um, to report what's going on, record what's going on, have been arrested today by the uh, North Dakota State Police. So they're being arrested for standing there filming the protesters being arrested. 
So that, that's what this industry will stoop to, and that's what's going to come to Lancaster. Because we may not have thousands here, but we will have a group that is going to oppose this pipeline to the same degree that they are. How can we consolidate ourselves? How can we crystallize into a movement they really that they can't push over anymore? It, it is crystallizing. Um, four people from Lancaster Against Pipeline spent the weekend out in North Dakota last weekend, and I think a couple more are going out again. And we hope to get the same response back when it's our turn. Okay. So people are starting to turn and realizing that their community is a bigger community, and they're pushing those boundaries out and linking arms figuratively and, and, and literally with these people in other areas. So what happens now when it gets to that point? I mean, you, you, you say that, like... That kind of thing, like state police well, pushing people around, is imminent. Without without giving too much detail, <laughs> we have a we have a plan, we have a place because you need to have a place. Right. So we have a place. Okay. We have a plan. Okay. And our plan involves letting everyone know now what we're going to do. Because the truth is, is once the pipeline is approved, there's going to be very little we can do to stop it. We can get arrested. We can go to jail. It'll still be built. We have to stop this before it starts, and that's by raising public awareness and, and uh, raising the cry and getting more. There's already pressure. Brent Miller, Brent Miller is trying to circulate a petition to move the pipeline again. After two and a half years, a state rep is finally doing something. It's lame. It's nothing we support, just moving the pipeline to, on someone else's property. But it, it, it's obvious it's an election year, and, and they know there's pressure, and they know it's happening. So we need to up that ante and get the politicians involved. I am campaign manager for Dale Hamby, who is running in the 100th state house seat. The incumbent is Brian Cutler. Uh, Brian has never had opposition. Period. This is his first time to have opposition in the general uh, in a general election. And um, tell me about your candidate a little bit about him. Dale's re retired from the Army. His wife was in the Navy. They followed her career. She finally retired two years ago as a two-star admiral. So they've been all over the world. Okay. And they chose Lancaster County to settle down into. Uh, they have a small farm down in East Drewmore. They raise sheep and alpaca for the fleece. He was running the Workforce Investment Board last year, and they went without money for seven months. And he said, it's time to put up or shut up. I'm running for State House because we got to fix this broken system in Harrisburg. So um, you're here now at... Um we stand with Standing Rock. I'm a member of LAP. Talk to me about the state of the, the sort of the nationally the Democratic Party. Speak honestly about that. Because um, you said you're a lifelong Democrat, uh, working for the party here locally. Yeah. But let's um, look at it nationally. I, I, I'll openly admit that in this primary, I was a Bernie supporter. I'm going to support my party's candidate because there's not a snowball's chance in hell that I want Donald Trump to be the next president of the United States. Sure. And I'm being realistic about it. Right. I want to vote for someone that I think has a chance to win. So that's like, and, and I, I salute Hillary for everything as a woman right. that she's had to deal with. There's a, there's, a whole different, there's, a, there's a whole different filter for her. Just to take the contemporary example, the most contemporary example, I don't think that like there would be such like a, a people out in force questioning the health oh of my God. a male candidate. Just from that like standpoint alone, it strikes me that like just her, her candidacy alone is a huge step for, I guess, equal rights for women, even though from my perspective, you know, it, it's not anywhere where, it, it's not anywhere close no. to where it needs no, to be. No, it's not. That's and I don't know that her right. being president will actually change that. Yeah. I think the problem with Obama is I think he had an expectation of how much he could get done in Washington. And he got to Washington and found out mm, maybe it wasn't going to be quite as he easy. Really, I mean, like a veteran politician, which he isn't, 
would have known that there was such good lockdown there. Yeah. I mean, but it's gotten that much worse. Certainly. Because I lived in Alabama for a year and a half in 1965. First year forced integration in Alabama public schools. I watched the National Guard escort my black classmates and having lived in the army and lived out of the country the three years prior I didn't understand what was going on my parents had to explain what integration was to me what did they say um there's not everybody that knows how to get along and live with people that look a little different than we do my father and mother were children of the depression they were poor they lived here in the city um so there was a little bit of that in their life also they weren't always the best example but here we were in the state of Alabama for God's sake in a little town let, let me tell you the most amazing thing that happened in, in Alabama in 1965 your football games were Friday nights mm-hmm. when you went to the football game before the game started did they play the national anthem no they played Dixie and here we were, we were the Yankees everybody knew that Yankees had moved to town my father and mother and five of us kids, and everyone stood up to sing Dixie. We did not. What are your thoughts on a third party breaking open the duopoly? It could happen. Would you be in support of? I mean, would you be in support of such a thing? Are you? Are you really staunchly? I am pretty staunchly democratic. Right. A lot would depend on who it is. Okay, so who would be a, a democratic candidate besides, you know? So clearly, I'm guessing, or you can correct me on this, but have reservations about Hillary. I do. I have some. Yeah. But you're you're fully I'm, yeah, behind her. Which absolutely. Is, so who would be well, who would be a more attractive candidate, and why? And it doesn't have to be anybody particular, well, but what they might stand for. Um, Bernie certainly. Okay. Okay. Um, Did he make a mistake running as a Democrat in the primaries? No, because I think he 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 read. Yeah, you you've got to align with one of the major parties yeah. in this day and age, or you don't have a snowball's chance. Isn't that a problem? Yeah, I, I, I you know, yeah, more and more so, especially with the the uh, the split. Oh my God, the the fact that when Obama was elected, the night of his election, the Republicans were scheming on what do we do to stop it's all that was all about race and and everything else oh my let's be honest about this folks for sure you know let's be the bigoted homophobes that you are i mean come on so is there somebody else oh my um i was a big supporter of joe sestak when he was running here for senate in this i'd really have to sit down and think about sure here you are um at this event right Mm -hmm. um who are the candidates out there that are opposed to fracking? Who's standing up for the Standing Rock Sioux? Who's standing up for people down in Peckway? Who's standing up for the people in Lebanon right now? Um, the candidate that I'm working with, Dale Hamby, certainly is. Right. You know, we have some, those that are paying attention. Um, you know, our current Senator Toomey certainly is not. Right. Um, the incumbent in the 100th, Brian Cutler, is not. Um, you know, I, I, everybody on the other side, I think, has got different ideas about... I mean, to me, the biggest issue is just the, the eminent domain issue. Right. That it is just so wrong that I can't get past that, you know. Water's important. Um, you know, not giving it to corporate interests fracking, natural gas, things that hurt the environment. That's important. Is this something that you've always sort of were concerned about, or are you a newcomer to this? 
Yeah, I, I've been concerned about it, but not. I mean, when I saw what was happening in North Dakota, I became more concerned because it's like kind of like a real battle. Like people are sending dogs and people and getting aggressive. You know. What would you like? What would you like to happen? What would you like for gatherings like this to sort of to spark? Um, just bigger representation, uh, bigger turnout, uh, people writing to congressmen and calling them. Why, why are you here right now? Here right now I'm to show solidarity and just to help back up and be a body for the, uh, the movement to stand with the, the nations, the First Nation tribes of America and the Indian um, out in Standing Rock um, in the reservations out there to... Stand, be part of the voice against the oppression of the pipeline. And what got me into it is, you know, especially coming to the marijuana rallies and stuff like that, you have thousands of people that all say, we support you. But then you have rallies like this and nobody shows up. Right. Ten, maybe ten. Probably last year it came to me clearly. It was that I'm 40 years old and for the past 30 years I've been watching this country go back and forth, left and right. And really, nothing has changed and everything in government everything that government touches, in my opinion, has gotten worse through corruption. The amount of money that we've lost and wasted through our government and you know, military projects, infrastructure projects that just we spend gross amounts of money on uh, through scale wages and things like that, the, the socialism and bloat of government in general every time they have a new department or a new program, you know, we hire more government employees, and you know, it's just nothing's changing. We've got a massive amount of government a massive amount of oversight and surveillance upon the everyday people, and nothing is getting better. Okay, so so where are you, like, talking about government bloat, here, here we come down the barrel of yet another mm-hmm. election, this mm-hmm. one the most absurd of all, if you ask me. Absolutely. They just get more and more absurd. So where are you in all of that? Where am I in all that? Uh, well, there's a reality show that they're calling an election right now. And <laughs> it's then, theater. And then I like to think of it as There's theater. what I call the real election, but that's the one nobody's paying attention to. What, what election is that? That would be the competition between Gary Johnson and Jill Stein. Uh-huh. That, in my opinion, is the only two people anybody in this election cycle should be paying any real attention to as far as legitimate candidates. And why aren't they? Because the media doesn't talk about it. And the why media, doesn't the media talk about it? Because them? the media, well, again, conspiracy theory, <laughs> media is not permitted to talk about it. I, I was at a family reunion this weekend and I was talking to my relatives and I said, Gary Johnson and Jill Stein, and they all said, who are they? Right. Are they, well, they're not on the ballot. Yes, they are. They will be on the ballot. You can vote for both of them in Pennsylvania as for your president. Right. Really? Our parents told us to just follow the law. Don't, uh, don't. Don't make waves. Don't, Yeah. Don't walk in swiggly lines. Get yourself into air. college. Get yep. yourself a good Don't job. Get in trouble. Buy yep. a house. Get a good. job. That's the American dream. Bought, sold, and paid for. The corporate American dream. And that's why I'm here today because the American dream is not how much you can produce as a citizen for the company. The American dream is what can you do to have a happy life. That's the human dream. And I'm a humanist at heart. I have no religion. Um, and I have no political party. We've been fighting the Atlantic Sunrise Project for the last couple of years, and we've seen how frustrating it can be. It is really a David and Goliath versus Goliath situation. We have readied our sling. They have no idea who they picked to fight with. We will not back down. The Standing Rock Tribe has shown us the power of the people. We stand here with them tonight to support them and encourage them to carry on. Short time. <laughs> how, how long is is acceptable? I don't know. Like a, 
mean, I, I hate to think of him in jail. For a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would prefer just a couple hours. About a couple hours. Okay, I guess the question always is, so what? Will the Standing Rock Sioux defeat energy transfer partners? Will Lancaster against pipelines outlast Williams? Will all or any or none of these communities banding together in opposition to the fossil fuel industry achieve their monumental and truly important objectives? Won't the profit machine keep on churning? From the conversations I had in Penn Square that evening, two things became clear. One, there are myriad problems, all of which have the same root and ultimately the same consequences. Whether it's fracking for natural gas, or endless bombings and invasions of faraway places, or racial or gender discrimination, all of them stem from the desperate need to cling to power, and the money that comes with that power. The second thing is, there still aren't enough of us out there shouting back at them. It comes up over and over again, in what we will abide, that people largely don't know what atrocities are perpetrated in their name, what the true costs are, and what the damage done will ultimately be. But then there's a third thing. I made a few new friends out there that night, and people seem to be listening to Colin Kaepernick. I mean, for crying out loud, on Wednesday, there was not one but were two articles about the anthem protest in that towering tabloid of the establishment, that is, of course, the New York Times, and in the sports section, no less. So people are talking about these things in ways that recent memory does not seem to call forward. But maybe I got so used to those blinders that Wade talks about, and I didn't realize that I had them on. In fact, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's it. Uh, and yes, by this point, I gather it's pretty obvious. Those who are familiar with NPR contributor and home of the brave host Scott Carrier can clearly hear that I have ripped off his style, or try to. He's a huge influence on me, and I think one of the best, if not the best, podcasters we have these days. He collaborates from time to time with another stellar podcaster, Erica Heilman, whose podcast, Rumble Strip Vermont, demonstrates her inimitable interview style, where she always approaches her interview subjects with compassion and equity. If you wish to get acquainted with them, I'd recommend you start with two of Scott Carrier's Home of the Brave episodes, one called Stories from the Green River, and another called Nobjula in America, along with Rumble Strip Vermont's episode, An American Life. Once again, thank you for listening. You can comment, as always, at samschindler.com on the podcast page or via Twitter using at samschindler43. More to come. <laughs>